6: Fires out into the left flat, complete to Farrell Brown, and he's wrapped up by a horn of tacklers. Ball
3: is out on a fumble, and it's recovered by Buffalo. Coming the other way is Christian Benford. It's another turnover for the Bills' defense. Unbelievable. Bills got after it, turning the ball over, turning New England over. Three turnovers, really, to start the game, essentially. Doing a great job, Chris Brown on the call there. Hey there, excuse me, on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, and that was Christian Benford recovering that one and punching it out and recovering it, I believe. Welcome to a Buffalo Victory Monday football, Buffalo Football Victory Monday Extra Point Show on WGR in Buffalo Football Monday. It's always presented by Catholic Health, Catholic Health, the right way to care, by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwest.com, and by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed Delivers. Sal Capaccio with you on a New Year's Day. Happy New Year, everybody! Enjoy college ball games today. Um, enjoy family and friends. Whatever you do on New Year's, um, thanks for being with me. With me here, <coughs> sorry, battling a little bit of a after last night's game. So as you can tell a bit, sorry, my apologies there. Um, but you know, thanks for being with me here. Give a call 803-0550 is the number. You can also watch right here on the Facebook feed and stream. Got the Buffalo victory. Monday shirt going on right there. That's what we do here. We talk Buffalo Bills football. And we'll get to a lot of the other things that went down uh, yesterday, including an injury update. Our red zone stats. We'll have uh, sit up, stand down, and hey, buddy, as well a little bit later in the show. So how about I stop talking so I can get to you now and get to Marvin in Buffalo, who's on the line. Happy New Year, Marvin. Thanks Uh, for calling.
0: Happy New Year, Sal. First of all, I want to get a couple things straight. Anybody that calls in, uh, John from Philadelphia, do more than I do. That's for sure. Okay. Let's get that. No matter what they say, you're my favorite, buddy. Uh, the second thing I just want to say is that uh I don't know when the bills and when Dorsey left, I don't know why he kept the playbook where they do the sideline pass uh, out to either side, either side. And uh, it, it fails them every time and yet they'll do it twice a game. And then, one of the other announcers said they do that to set up other plays. Well, I'd like to know what they're setting up on a failed play for 16 games.
3: 16. You games. You mean the um, like a like a wide receiver screen or a like James yeah. Cook yeah. when it's, he dropped the ball, like yeah. that type of play?
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And they've done that all year. And I don't know what they're what they're setting it up for because it's been a failed play for 16 games. And the other thing too, just a to comment is. Can you remember a worse game that Josh Allen had than yesterday? I cannot re. I think that hmm. uh, thinking about going out after the game or something because I'll tell you right now he started New Year's early. I saw him play be as inaccurate as he was, including his rookie year, and playing the game. I I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe the way he played yesterday.
3: So well, um, he, I I actually thought he, maybe he was a more off in the in the Chargers game than he was this game. This was more of a uh, confluence of, I think, of many things on offense, but he wasn't good. You're right, Marvin, and I, I would say, you know, that's that's to say it's as bad as he's ever played. I mean, Josh had some pretty poor games this rookie year, I think, if you go back and look, but your point is well taken, Marvin. I get it. He did not play well yesterday, but he's his own self-critic, and he's a hard critic on himself, and he talked about that, and he said he's got to play better, so I'll go back to what I said earlier today. I think there's still a better chance that Josh Allen has, like, four touchdown passes and 300 yards passing against the Miami Dolphins. than he does the kind of performance we had yesterday from Josh Allen. I'm not too concerned about him. So I I don't think he was like you say, you know, I mean, you know, being a little, I know that you're being hyperbolic there. I think you are, you know, going out early and thinking about, I don't think that's the case. I just think that it's a tough matchup. He didn't play as well. He, Josh said something really interesting yesterday. He said the ball wasn't spinning off his hand the way it, it normally does. And he said, it's just a weird feeling as a quarterback. So, for whatever reason, he was off, and it didn't feel right to him, and he said that after the game, so not as worried about it. But thanks a lot for the kind words, Marvin. Thanks for the phone call. Happy New Year. Walter in Toronto, Happy New Year to you as well. You're on the air.
6: Hey, Sal. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, um, I have to agree with you. I mean, the NFL is a week-to-week league, and, uh, and you know what? A win's a win, and it, it wasn't pretty yesterday, but it doesn't need to be. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but statistically, and I know it's a large sample size because they play twice a year, but Josh Allen saves his best games for the Dolphins. I don't <laughs> think there's a I don't think there's a team in the league that he doesn't uh, get up for more than the Dolphins. And and using that metrics and and, and having that solid defense, even with all the injuries we've had. You know, I've never been a McDermott fan, but I got to hand it to him. I mean, I thought these guys were dead in the water at six and six, and to go to the final game of the season, win, lose, or I guess draw, uh, how how much more exciting is that? And and I think Allen's going to rise the occasion. And I think that maybe we're a little too tough on the guy, because hey, a win's a win. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's an ugly win. But all the best. Sal. looking forward to the new year and uh, and listening to the
3: Extra Point Show. You got it, Walter. Thanks for all the um, calls you've made and times you've called And We appreciate you listening up there, buddy. Thank you. So, Josh Allen, let's hope he doesn't save, as you put it, Walter, his best for the Miami Dolphins. I don't want Josh Allen saving anything, but you are absolutely right. He has basically owned the Miami Dolphins as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills since he's been in Buffalo. Um, he has, how many times many times been the player of the week? Five, six against the Dolphins? It's crazy how many times. Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, in his career. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me see if I can count playoffs here. Okay, this is just regular season. They did play a playoff game last year as well. So, just a regular season, 31 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Counting the playoffs, 34 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So, let's just do regular season, because I don't have it parsed here. I'd have to add it up. Just in the regular season, Josh Allen. 3,000 yards passing against the Miami Dolphins in 11 games. So what is that? Yards uh, passing per game. Uh, I'd have to look at the exact totals. So either way, 158, or I'm sorry, 110 quarterback rating. He has 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's also run, by the way, uh, for, let's see where his rushing stats are here, against the Dolphins, 70 attempts, 571 yards, and five touchdowns. So overall in the regular season, 36 touchdowns, five interceptions. Incredible. And this is underscored by the 48-20 to 20 win over the Dolphins earlier this year. 21 of 25, 320, and four touchdowns. Amazing. Really is. All right, we said we'd get to the injury report, so let's do that now. Um, the Bills in this game, and let's take a look at the Dolphins and what they're dealing with as well. It is our Barnes Firm injury report. Car crash? For help, call 1-800-8-MILLION. So the big one for the Bills, obviously at the end of the game, was Josh Allen. So Allen runs, he scrambles, he gets uh, the first down to kind of seal the game away at the very end. And as he's going to the ground, takes a big shot right on his left shoulder. So then he gets up. He waves to the sidelines for Kyle Allen to come in, and you're like, okay, that's not good. They just sealed the game, but they is Josh hurt? Um, you're thinking, hopefully not collarbone. Could be a headshot. What's going on? He on the sidelines. I will tell you what I saw: were trainers were kind of massaging, looking at, you know, feeling around a little bit of the the back neck shoulder area, if you will, like not right in the back of the head of the neck, but like kind of the off to the side there, and then the shoulder itself. Uh, Look like they examined or at least touched you know, where the collarbone would be, just kind of go through all of that. Josh was wincing a little bit, and then he kind of nodded like, yeah, I'm good. Then he put on a knit cap, he went back out. After the game, Josh Allen said he felt a stinger, and he had never felt that before. And he said he'll be all good. What's wild to me is that Josh Allen's played football his whole life at that position, the way he plays, and he said he's never had a stinger. That's incredible. I mean, if you've ever played football, and you're in a position especially that you hit anybody in football, and you know a lot of times I'm saying like skill positions, and they're in the open field, something happens. You you're, you generally get a stinger at some point in your career, in your life. And I don't know if people know what a stinger is, so let me try to explain. A stinger basically is when it can go numb a little bit, it can feel like there's stings, like a bee sting, like a, a shot, a nerve shot that goes down. It could be in the neck, it could be the shoulder, the arm. There's all different ways to do it. Imagine and think about... When sometimes you get up quickly, something happens, you turn your head, and you feel that really sharp pain that's like bee stings going down your neck. You ever get that? I get that sometimes. Like, oh, what is that? That's kind of like what a stinger feels like in football when you get hit. But you can also go numb, and it can feel weird on you, and you're scared. And it sounds like that's what Josh Allen was dealing with. But it generally goes away. Might take a little while now. If you're Micah Hyde, obviously his neck injury last year, and he's had some neck stingers this year. Those are things you gotta, you know, obviously be on top of, and it can be concerning if you have multiple injuries that pile up, and you have the stingers that go along with that. In this particular case, it feels like it sounds like Josh said that he's gonna be okay. He had never dealt with that, and he said it kind of felt kind of funky, which it totally can be, especially if you've never experienced it before. So that was that. Dawson Knox left the game. He had a uh, head evaluation for a head injury after he got hit. There was a personal foul called. He went back in the game. Nothing there. Great to see Daquan Jones get through the game. Doesn't seem like any issues there. We'll hear from Sean McDermott a little bit later today if there are anything else, any other injuries that came out of the game. As far as the Dolphins are concerned, heading into next week. All right. Tua Tonga Aloloa. <laughs> his left shoulder and this one he left the game he was questionable to return but they were already down by quite a bit he didn't go back in the game his left shoulder is different than Josh's because that's his throwing shoulder obviously he said he'd be good though so sounds like that's not very serious but he's been dealing with some bumps and bruises however the Dolphins let's go in order of what could be the most severe Xavier Howard their excellent cornerback had a non-contact foot injury got carted off and as of now And I haven't seen anything different this morning before I went on the air. I looked. Apparently, they don't know exactly what the injury is or, you know, what he's dealing with. That could be significant or it could be nothing. Maybe just, you know, got a sore foot and jammed it or something. It also could be a foot injury that is significant and keeps him out against the Buffalo Bills this week. But Xavier Howard's one we're going to be watching. And then there's the big one for Miami Dolphins from yesterday. That's their excellent pass rusher, Bradley Chubb, who has double-digit sacks on the year. Non-contact they fear. A torn ACL. I don't believe, like I said, since I've been on the air, maybe official word has come down. I haven't seen it. That could be possible. Um, but that's a significant, significant injury. That means, and it looks like, I, I, I mean, unless Bradley Chubb completely like just cleared everything and there's a sigh of relief there, that means the Dolphins will have lost their two best pass rushers this year to major injuries. Jalen Phillips with the Achilles back on Black Friday. And then it appears Bradley Chubb. You never love to see it. You never like to see it in any capacity. I know these are competitors. These are this is a team the Bills are playing. Injuries are a part of the game. No one's crying tears for you when you when you have players lost to injury because that's what happens. It's part of the game. But I just hate seeing that for these players. I really do. Um, you know they work their their whole lives and their careers to get to these points and have these types of injuries. It just really sucks for them. So you know you, you hope for speedy recoveries. In the meantime, you know it is a part of the game and the Bills will be going against the Dolphins team without Jalen Phillips, without Bradley Chubb. It appears maybe without Xavier Howard. And we'll see. Do they get Jalen Waddle back this week? I doubt it. He had a high ankle sprain. He already missed last week. Might miss this week. Raheem Mostert, we'll see about that. He didn't play this week. We'll see what happens next week on Sunday night. The Bills and the Dolphins. Sunday night football for not only the AFC East Division title, but the two seed in the AFC. That is our Barnes Firm injury report. Car crash for help. Call 1-800-8-MILLION. Let's go out to Rob in Connecticut. Happy New Year, Rob.
2: Hey, happy New Year to you, Sal, as well, and that's one of the reasons why I was calling you because you guys always make my mornings. And I always say thanks for being my eyes. Uh, yep. Appreciate it and always putting things into perspective when I can't see what's going on with the with the game. But uh, yesterday, I was happy with the win. As always, a win is a win. <clears throat> and uh, like you always say, every game has its own DNA. Um, one of the things was, I was very happy with the defense, which I've been happy with the defense all year long, but yesterday uh going into the second quarter halfway into the second quarter after um they just kind of seemed to flatten out a little bit, so I was a little concerned like where's the defense again and then um I was also happy with the way we came out in the third quarter, starting off the offense drove down the field and got that touchdown, which I was very pleased with. Um, But all in all, my my concern is, you know, coming off of last week's win and this week's win, um, I wasn't really pleased with how our performance was. Um, I was very pleased with how we played against Dallas, and that's the team that I want to see going into the playoffs. And that's my only concern. I want consistency. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about that, but I I just want that consistency. I'm not worried about Miami next week. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts and once again, uh, happy new year to WGR five fifty. you guys are family to me. And I want to give a shout out to the Connecticut bill backers. We support the bills and bills mafia. Thank you.
3: You got it, Rob. And you're you're right. You're right about the consistency. I mean, that's been the issue all year, right? I mean, they've, what's the saying? They play down to the level of their opponent. They play up to the level of their opponent. And, you know, that's been an issue this year. Um, the bills are. Not even in a playoff spot right now. Don't have one secure because of that inconsistency. There's no doubt about it. Injuries play a part in that. But you know you, you got to beat the Jets when you have Zach Wilson pretty much the whole game. You should have beaten the Denver Broncos in a game here on Monday Night Football. We know now the Denver's not that good. Come on. And they had 12 men on the field. They should have beaten Mac Jones in the final drive against the Patriots. That's the inconsistency. Yesterday, last week against the Chargers, playing down to the level of their opponent. So I agree with you. I think everybody listening would agree with you. You want that consistency, you're hoping for that consistency, they don't, haven't had it. The good news is, they usually play really well against the better teams in the league, and the playoffs are the better teams. So, you know, hope that that part of the consistency and of what they've done this year holds true for the next, you know, several weeks, however long that may be, and we're all hoping it's uh, quite a few more weeks. Let's go to Curtis in Niagara Falls. Hi, Curtis, you're on WGR. Hey, how's it going,
4: Sal? Rabbit
2: Rabbit, Happy New Year.
3: Rabbit, I'm sorry, Rabbit, Rabbit, and Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. You know, um, I was telling the screener,
2: this is like earlier. I was going to tops, and you guys just talked about Baltimore and their situation and how they possibly could sit some starters down or whatever. So I'm walking to the door. And all, so I said, Hex, no. Hex, no. They don't want every preseason game since Noah mm-hmm. invented a pooper scooper. And they go, <laughs> go by on this one? Oh, no, 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 no. If I gotta go by out there and push somebody's tush, they are gonna win that game. I started thinking about that.
7: How they win? I love it, Curtis. Season? It's a great
3: point. You're right. Remember the Ravens? They had this long, long streak of winning preseason games. Every every game matters to them, and their guys who are gonna play. And you can't back. You can have backups at every single position. There's not enough, you know, really ways to do that. You got to have some guys out there who are generally normal players, and those guys don't want to go out there and lose. You never want to do that.
2: It hit me halfway to the door and said, no, no, no. And plus, the coach, he's not as as eccentric as his brother, but he's <sighs> still a Harbaugh,
3: so there's something inside of him. There you go. I love it. I love it. That's great points, Curtis. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you listening. Happy New Year to you. You too. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great point. I, hey, he's a Harbaugh. He's a Harbaugh. They're going to want to win. doesn't matter. Not as eccentric as his brother, by the way. His brother, what, they played today? Josh, that's today, right? Michigan-Alabama, that's tonight. The semifinals are both tonight, correct?
5: Yes. Right. Uh, Texas-Washington's 8.45, and then Michigan-Alabama's 5 <laughs> o'clock. I, I know our own Zach Jones will be sweating out the uh, the Texas game later tonight.
3: Oh, he's, he's a Texas fan. That's, how did that
5: happen? I've asked him about it. He said it just kind of happened. I think he has family that lives down there, he said, too. Okay. So maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. I can't uh-huh. remember, but... But I know he's, we'll uh, get into that he's a little, little nervous we'll about th- it.
3: You and I, we, we could talk about that a little bit later before we uh, exit the uh, show today uh, at the top of the hour. Let's first get uh, to Tim in Clarence Center. Hi, Tim. You're on WGR. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, hi, uh, Stiel. Thanks for taking my call. Mainly, it's a question I want to ask you. I listen yeah. to you on the Odyssey app, okay? And then if I try to... Uh, let's see, I want to listen to Chris Brown. How come I can't listen to his show? Um, I mean, his play-by-play... Here, even locally. Where where do you live? Well, Clarence Center. Okay. But then also, when yep. I'm out of town, let's say down south in the wintertime, I want to listen. I can't. I put the Odyssey app, app and it doesn't work for that. Why?
3: Are you talking about just for the games or in general on a daily basis? No, for, for the games. For the game. Okay. Game Here's go. why. Here's why, Tim. I'm going to explain it to you. And there's a great question people ask all the time. There are, um, there are what they call blackout rules. So the way it works is the NFL wants you to pay for their streaming of the game on their app. So when it comes time for the games to be played, we have to legally shut the stream off. We cannot allow it to play on our app because the NFL doesn't allow that. They want you to listen on their app. Now, the way you can get around that is... You can listen on a computer or a laptop by going to WGR550.com and hitting listen live. That is allowed. It is not allowed on a mobile device like a um, app or a phone or an iPad.
7: Oh, so if I have a as I'm driving down, I'm thinking it's Saturday, I'm gonna drive down to the Carolinas, so I have a laptop, not a laptop, I have a, a tablet. You can't device. listen to a tablet.
3: That's a, a le- The tablet's a mobile device. You can't do that. If you have a laptop and you can connect that to the internet, and you can just kind of put that up in your car or something. You could you could listen that way. Yes.
7: Okay, well, I'll try it. I appreciate it.
3: A regular a re- a regular computer, a laptop, a desktop. If you go to wgr550 dot com, okay, okay, you can listen live. We are allowed to do that. But any mobile device like a phone, an iPad, or a tablet, you can't because of NFL rules because they want you to listen on their mobile device and pay for it.
7: All right, thank you. And also, listen, they talked about everything, and everything you said is, you get me thinking. We all get hyped up, and truthfully, but the I don't think the offensive line played well yesterday. Uh, Agreed. They, they, I mean, you could say Josh this, that, Stephon Diggs, but they didn't play well to open up holes for— cook and and whatever so i'm just curious about your thoughts but thanks a lot oh
3: i i agree with that i mean i i give credit to the defense too here i mean you are facing the number one run defense in the league in the new england patriots and that's a it's a tough christian barmore is really tough they have tough players up there that's hard but i agree with you i don't think it's been very good the last two weeks for the offensive line overall Um, I don't think they ran the ball well against uh, the Chargers, but especially even in pass protection either way. Josh made a comment after the game, Tim, where he said, you know, they did a good job of getting guys at his feet. And I think that's saying, like, he had a little bit of pressure up the middle. That's me kind of interpreting that. But I agree with you. I think they have to play better. And, and I think that, you know, against a team like the Miami Dolphins that they've seen, they know that system, without their top pass rushers, you know, hopefully that'll be a, a more correct, corrected next week.
7: Okay, thanks for the advice, and uh, go Bills.
3: Yeah, you got it, Tim, and, and it's just, that's the way it is with, um, you can go to any NFL city, any NFL market, any flagship station, the NFL rules dictate you can't stream the game on a mobile device, because they want you to pay for theirs, you have to go to, you. they want you to go to NFL.com, NFL Plus on the app, and pay for it, that way they're getting the revenue, and we have to cut off the stream, and then, and I know some people say, well, I listen, and I can't get the post-game show, it really is just timing, it, it's, it, 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 it's human beings, it's technology too where sometimes the stream can come back on, but it's got to be after a certain time, so all that comes into play, but that's the advice I'd give any of you. If you want to listen that way, mobily, you can, but it can't be on an actual mobile device, a phone, a, ta- a tablet, or an iPad. It's got to be on a computer, a desktop, a laptop. If you have a laptop and you have like internet connection with your laptop, you right, an air card of some sort, take that with you and you could just wgr550.com. Listen live. It's right there. You can do that. 803-0550 is the number to call. Let's take a time out. Um, we'll come back. We have more to get to here on the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo football victory Monday. We'll get to our red zone stats and, of course, look ahead with to Week 18. Not just the Bills and the Dolphins, but some interesting games and matchups. we got college going on today. And, of course, we have sit up, stand down, and hey, buddy, on the way on the Extra Point Show.
1: That one felt good coming out of the hand. Like I said, just didn't find it that much early today the day coming off the hand. And it's a weird feeling as a quarterback when you're throwing the ball and it's just not spinning the way you want it to spin. And just, again, trying to reset and find those techniques that help you out in the offseason and then just getting back to some of that. So still got to continue to
3: work on it. All right, that's Josh Allen. That's the comment I said earlier where he said it just didn't really feel right coming off his hand. He said it's kind of a weird feeling when that happens. And I can imagine, right, when you – you just don't have it some days, right? You're just not feeling right. He said it was a weird feeling coming off the hand, and he had to... It's interesting, too. Josh talked about going back to off-season mechanics and relying on those things to get it back a little bit, and, and I like hearing that part of it, right, where you it just shows you how you're dialed into your profession and what what you have to kind of go back to and figure out. People call, oh, you're just thinking about New Year's too early. I know that was, like, some, like I said, a little hyperbole there from a caller earlier, but... You know, sometimes you just don't have it. You're not feeling the right way physically, mentally. It's not coming off your hand, not shooting it the right way, right? I mean, Steph Curry, I mean, he could have a game where he's really not feeling it shooting, but he keeps shooting, and that's what Josh did, and he got the the ball to Dalton Kincaid on <coughs> <clears throat> a long pass, excuse me, early in the um, second half that was a really big turnaround uh, for the Bills in this one. Eight hundred three oh five fifty. the number to call here on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio with you. On a Buffalo Victory Football Monday. We'll get to our red zone stats in just a moment. Let's first get out to Jim in Hamburg. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Happy New Year on WGR. Hey, Happy
1: New Year to all you guys, too, man. Hey, I got a three-part question for you. Hopefully it won't take up too much time. Uh, one, why do we basically kind of suck at screen passes? Why are, Why are other teams better at screen passes against us? And also the the previous game against New England, you know, when the offensive linemen were actually downfield on that long play, uh, it happened again this week where the play took so long to develop where, you know, every time I went back on my TV, it looked like they were up about three, four yards past the line of scrimmage. Now I didn't have a sideline view. And of course the broadcasters didn't talk about, I was wondering if you had a better view of that and are they, and is that something else the officials really are missing?
3: Well, I, I have to go back and look at, is there a specific one? Are you talking about the touchdown? I, like I don't know.
1: No, it wasn't a touchdown. It was like that 50 or 60 yard run, uh, or not run, excuse me. The pass. Oh
3: yeah. Down the right sideline, near sideline, right. Coming right at Yeah, I remember that one. I'd have to go back and look at the broadcast. So what happens is you're allowed a certain amount, like you can be more, you can't be more than one yard downfield. And they obviously didn't feel that was the case. Um, if the ball's also if the ball's thrown, I think it is if the ball's thrown backward, right, or behind the line of scrimmage, it's a little different as well. Um, but there's some rules there. Anyway, I, I want to get to the screen pass the, the question you talked about, Jim. I have to go back and look at that, and, and I didn't necessarily see anybody downfield. But the Bills also, from my vantage point, the Bills weren't complaining about it either than anybody was downfield. So usually, you know, you'd get coaches complaining from what I saw that didn't happen. One of the reasons that the Bills don't run screen passes as well is teams play a lot of zone defense against the Bills. It's harder to run screen passes when teams play zone because everybody's looking at everything, and it's easier. Well, a lot of times when you play man-to-man, your back is turned. That's when you're going to get a screen pass off, and the guy's going to catch it, and now he has more room to run because it's body-on-body, body and people are turned their back. So... Bills, teams play a lot of zone defense against them because that's how you try to shut down Josh Allen. So everything's in front of them. So if you try to throw a screen pass, they see it, they rally to the ball. That's number one. Um, you know, I I don't know. Number two, I guess, you know, it's just something they don't have as much in their arsenal. They don't work on as much. I'd love to see it a little bit more. I agree with you. Uh, maybe they feel that they're just, for whatever reason, not as good at that type of play, although they're, they, they like to throw that, you know, Wide receiver screen or uh yeah. right off right off the line, which which to me in a lot of ways is you know similar and if you had a team like yesterday, it would have been a nice team yesterday to do it against Jim. I agree with you because they play more man to man and they blitz, right, and that's how a screen pass can generally work. you gotta call at the right time though you see him blitzing man to man that's when a screen pass is gonna work because you're gonna basically get it over the top of a blitzer, you're gonna man to man some backs are turned, but I would say a lot of that is also on the defense and how teams are playing the bills,
1: yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, hey, just do me a favor. though. Go back and look at the tape. I, you know, because I was kind of it and, and, and the forward pitcher looked like they were, like, off to me. But either way, we got the W. That's all that counts. And go, Bills. Hopefully next week they do it.
3: Yeah, you got it, buddy. I'm going to look right now at the which play this. so I'll go back and look at it later, because I'm looking at the longest plays for the Patriots. It would have been uh, Harris, a 48-yard run down to the Bills 17. I think that's the one you're talking about, Jim, I second quarter, right? It, yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'll go back and look at that. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. Uh, let's get to our red zone stats in this game. They are brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. Rush to the Topps Red Zone for winning savings. So, in this game, the Bills not good in the red zone overall. In fact, this was a, a poor performance in the red zone for the Bills, not only because of the numbers statistically, just two for five, 40% but also because of the opportunities they got and why they were there and how they got set up. I mean, the Bills were set up perfectly in the red zone several times through it turnovers, especially early in the game, and they could not convert touchdowns, 2 for 5, 40%. On the other side also not great. The New England Patriots, 2 for 2. So the I mean, the Bills defense not great. 2 for 2. So they converted each of their trips. The Bills only allowed two trips in the red zone, which is good. But the Bills, despite five trips only 40%. That's not a good ratio, obviously. So if you get to the entire season, let's take a look at where the Bills rank. Because Bills actually, I think going into the game, they were the number one red zone offense in the league as far as scoring touchdowns. I'm going to guess that probably went down after this that did. Bills are tied for second in the NFL now. Well, you know who's first and tied for second with the Bills? Wow, look at this. Um, no surprise, Niners are first. Arizona Cardinals. Tied for second with the Bills at 65% in the red zone on offense. And then right behind them is the Miami Dolphins. Right behind the Bills. So Miami Dolphins are fourth in the league in red zone, 64.91%. Bills' red zone defense on the year, though, still very good. Um, Where are they? Well, actually, you know what? It's kind of slipped. Red zone defense for the Bills, 18th in the league. They've slipped a little bit. Uh, They were a little bit higher earlier. 18th in the league. That's not good. They need to improve on that especially against a Dolphins team that is very good in the red zone. Uh, Where is Miami on defense in the red zone? Let me see if I can find them. They're not good either. Miami 29th in the league in red zone defense. So keep an eye on that. Could be a real big part of next week's game. It always is, but could even be a bigger part of next week's game, given those rankings. Those are our red zone stats brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Rush to the Tops Red Zone for winning savings. Let's go to Andy in Erie. Hi, Andy. Happy New Year on WGR.
4: Hey, Sal. Happy New Year. Hey, let me real quick start out that I love Josh Allen. He's my favorite Bill of all time, and my dog's name was O.J. in 1969. <laughs> we, wow. we got a puppy the same month that the Bills drafted O.J. Simpson, so I've been diehard since 69. But anyway, my question is this. Josh always throws lasers, but he's not good on the deep ball because I don't think he'll – he doesn't throw the high Joe Flacco, you know, the bomb – and just throws it high and lets his receivers run under it, he tries to laser it in there. And the defensive backs always get a swipe at it because it's low, as opposed to if he threw it high and just let, like, Diggs, the last two interceptions that were intended for Diggs, if he had thrown it real high and long, I think Diggs could have run it down. I just, I feel like that's a coaching thing though. I feel like they should have the best quarterback coach in America on that staff
3: and I don't
4: know. He's missed a lot. I mean, he has a personal
3: quarterback coach in, in Jordan Palmer and he, he works with him. I don't know how much he worked with him this off season. I don't think it was as much if at all, but I will tell you that that was a point of emphasis a couple of years ago. And it does seem to have waned a little bit. Andy, I agree with you. He was, remember when he came in the league, like that was an area he said he has to improve on. He had this laser of an arm, but he couldn't connect. And And then all of a sudden in 2020, he was connecting on every deep ball he threw down the field. I mean, it was crazy. I, so yeah, I, I don't know if I want to go as far as he doesn't, he can't because of a certain way he throws it. We've seen it, but in this year, it hasn't been the case. And I will say, there's also been obviously separation issues, but a couple of you pointing out is right. I thought yesterday's was a tough one. I think that was a tough one to have to. He's on the run. He's got to either lay it up, and you know maybe step can come back to it. He had to fit it in. It was a little bit tougher. I agree against Jacksonville twice. Once resulted in interception. The other was Josh underthrew him, and then also um, last week against the Chargers, the same thing kind of happened where the Chargers had the interception. I don't think it's an overall like Josh Allen can't do this throw kind of thing that you're laying out, but I do think he struggled with it this year for whatever reason, and I'm not sure exactly what that is.
4: Yeah, I well, yeah, and I agree with you. 2020, something happened where he he was laying it out there and letting guys – even like that long bomb against the Steelers last year to Gabe Davis from our like oh, yeah. three- or two-yard line, he threw it. But this yeah. year, I don't know what it is. But, I mean, we're going to need one or two of those. Yeah. Well, you
3: know, that's what's been missing, Andy, right? I mean, that's really when it comes down to it. If you ask me what's been missing out of the Bills' offense this year that they've struggled, it's the chunk plays. It's the long ball. That that the, yeah. the throw to Dalton Kincaid was great. That's what you need. They They need more of that, and they need – You know, To be able to do that a couple of times a game, as you said, which I think is right, and that's been missing this year. They don't have that in their arsenal. But again, I'm going to go back to, I don't think it's just Josh. I think it's concept. I think it's player separation, wide receivers, and then everything's got to fall into place. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. All right. right. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Happy New Year to you. All right, we'll take a timeout. We will come back. And when I do, I had a listener email me a chart. That has all of the Bills' possibilities with opponents laid out already. Like, if this team wins, that team wins, all these games, here's who they're going to play, what seed. It's amazing. I'm going to tweet it out, and then we're going to just kind of talk about it very briefly here, as well as sit up, stand down, and hey, buddy, on the extra point show on WGR. Let's get to it. Sit up, stand down. Hey, buddy. Hey, let's sit up on today, baby. It's Happy New Year time, right? Happy New Year. Got some college football going on. What do we got here? We got the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the ReliaQuest Bowl. Wisconsin LSU. Where's the ReliaQuest Bowl? What is that? Oh, that's the old, that's the Raymond James, but the Outback Bowl, right? It's the old Outback Bowl, I guess. Uh, Wisconsin, LSU. That's at noon when we get off the air here. Liberty, Oregon, and the Fiesta Bowl. Iowa, Tennessee and the Citrus Bowl. And they get the national semifinals tonight. Alabama against Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Texas against Washington in the Sugar Bowl. You're going to be dialed in. How about you, Josh? You dialed in all this stuff?
5: Yeah, I think I've gotten more into it recently. I I was never really a big college football guy growing up, but in the past few years since I like went to college and stuff, I really got into it. And I think tonight's going to be really exciting because now it's yeah, You know, you have the culmination of everything that happened over the past few months with everything with Florida State and Alabama and all that stuff. So I think you're really going to see, like, were they right in uh, putting Alabama in, or did they make the wrong decision? I think well, they made the right see, decision. I, like.
3: I, I, right. But it, I don't think the results indicate if it's the right or wrong decision. Like, Florida State, oh, see, they proved they didn't belong. Dude, like, half the team opted out of playing in the bowl after they didn't make
5: it. Yeah, that's true. And then they got blown up. You know what I mean? Like you so. can't
3: base it off that. But I would say this, though. I'm excited for the fact that these games, at least statistically on paper and in Vegas, aren't supposed to be blowouts. Michigan's favored by two. And Texas is favored by four. We might get some nice games tonight. Let's hope that's the case. So let's sit up on that really nice night of um, and day of college football. Uh, let's stand down on the overall Week 18 schedule. There's just, I mean, yeah, there's games that impact the Bills, and there's a couple that are really important around the league. Texans-Colts is important, obviously. Steelers need to win. Bucks need to win. But a lot of these games mean nothing, really, to a lot of these teams. Jets-Patriots. Um, I don't know. Say it, Browns-Bengals, right? Uh, there's just, there's not a lot. You know the way I want to put it? I wish that there was maybe a different matchup in some of these divisions that could have meant more. Broncos-Raiders, right? What's going on there? Um, so, I don't love it. You know, it's just, I don't think it's a great schedule, and that's why the Bills are playing Sunday night. It is the most, um, you know, impactful game, I guess, for both team teams. It could be super impactful for the Bills. It could be a win and in and a lose and out scenario. As it is right now, it is for sure, no matter what happens, a win and win the division for both teams. A win and get the two seed for both teams, which means you're home for both the first two rounds of the playoffs if you win the first round. Let's get to Hey Buddy.
0: WGR Sports Radio 550 presents...
3: Hey, buddy. dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit so now. Who's my buddy this week?
2: I'm your buddy, girl! He's your guy! Friend. I'm your friend,
0: buddy! On WGR... Blue, you're my boy! Sports Radio 550.
3: You know once a year I, I i do this and it's usually around this time of year because it's the end of the season end of the year hope not at the end of the season let's not put it that way um my buddies are all the people that make it possible to bring you games on the buffalo bills radio network and they truly are my buddies they're they're people that they're just fantastic human beings um that you know do a great job and it's important to everybody to give you the best product and and i appreciate working with them and you know they're, they're names that don't get talked about enough and behind the scenes, right? And you know, Chris Brown and Eric Wood and me on the radio, but how about Greg Harvey, our engineer, chief engineer, who I'm the, he's the guy I'm talking to on a mic, like to tell him I got something down here, tell Chris, and he's pushing all the buttons right behind him is Todd Brody, literally like sitting there behind him and pushing all these buttons that prop people up and help you go to break and those kinds of things. And then there's people behind the scenes and, you know, Josh, you're one of them and Zach Jones and Evan Pasquale and TJ Luckman and Nate Keery and Joe DiBiase and Jeremy white and all the people. And you know, there's people up in the booth and uh, we got um, you know, Ed Schaefer who's down on the field with that big parabolic mic and who else you got, you know, art plant helping out Murph is, 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 you know, coming into the booth to help out and, and say a few words and we appreciate seeing him of course. So, you know, everybody who's part of it and I'm missing people and I know I am and I'm so sorry because there's so many people who make it possible along the Buffalo bills radio network, our program director, Alan Davis. So they're all my buddies and, um, I want to wish them a happy new year. Uh, They, you, you guys and girls behind the scenes, you make my job way easier than it can be, and I appreciate that. Happy new year, everybody! One Bill's live is up next for three hours. Show up in the Bulldog after that. Have a great, great January first in twenty twenty
0: four. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.